Louise Bedford here. Just before we kick off with today's show, I wanted to let you know that for one week only, you can get up to 84% off a selection of my most popular trading education products available through tradinggame.com.au. Make no mistake. Your financial future is in your hands. So check out the audios, videos, and study courses that I have available at tradinggame.com.au. Now's your chance to develop your skills as a trader for up to 84% off, but only for the next week. Let's get on with the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Talking Trading. I'm Caroline Stephen. It's great to have you with us. Michael Lissenblatt is a resilience expert who teaches people in sales and business how to bounce back from rejections and setbacks. By drawing on his background in psychology, shiatsu therapy, and over 25 years of martial arts experience, Michael has helped countless companies become pressure-proof and learn how to bounce back from the setbacks that would otherwise slow them down or wear them out. Is resilience something you can be taught? Well, according to Michael, it's something everybody possesses, but you can enable people to tap into greater amounts of it within themselves. In this Talking Trading interview, we discuss the recipes and rituals which draw out your innate resilience and move you towards success. Michael Lissenblack, hello and welcome to Talking Trading. Wonderful. Thanks for being for inviting me here. It's such a pleasure. Resilience, the currency of success. The topics don't get much better than this. Yes, it's really pertinent for training and trading. Let's get to your background. Number one, how did you, Michael, get to be a resilience expert? Well, you see, I actually grew up in business. I was born to two very entrepreneurial parents. My mother was in the supermarket business, and my father was actually in ladies' clothing. Well, not literally in ladies' clothing, but, you know. And uh, we actually, my sister and I, we grew up in the businesses because my both parents, they worked very hard. So on the weekends, on the Saturdays, we'd go to the supermarket and we'd put trolleys away. And on the Sunday, we'd go to the Queen Victoria market and we'd help dad set up the stock and serve customers and, you know, and, and get involved with the business. And we got to see, I guess, our parents from a whole different angle, not just as mum and dad, but it was also from who they were as people. And it was a great connection. But it wasn't until they went through their divorce and their other hardships through business that we saw a whole different side of them. We got to see their, their sides of frustration, their sides of isolation, even depression as well. They're and very no human how, sides. Look, it really was. And no matter how tough it got for them, they always managed to bring home a smile and some love to my sister and myself. And it really showed us that you know, even through tough times, you can still bounce back. And I, I think it's sort of best summarized by that, that Buddhist quality that in life, things like pain and suffering are probably inevitable, but misery is an option. And I guess as a kid, seeing that in my parents and how that was role modeled inspired me to learn more about the way that uh, we think and how psychology impacts the way in which we operate. So my formal training went through university, uh, through psychology, uh, but at the same time, I actually was learning to become a shiatsu practitioner, which is not a dog. Uh, shiatsu is like... Acu- <laughs> it's like the boom, 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 boom massage. Very much. It's like acupuncture, but without uh, needles. And I had my own practice for, for seven years, worked with about 4,000 people through that time, and learned a lot about how pressure 
affects people, affects their productivity, affects their decision-making, their health, their well-being. And from that, after selling my practice, I actually now consult full-time and teach people in business how to become better, perform better under pressure, whether it be in sales, business, education, or today in trading. Can resilience be taught? Well, yes and no. Resilience is an innate quality. It's, it's part of you. You don't teach a baby how to walk or a toddler how to walk. A toddler just eventually works it out. They try hard enough and they get there eventually. It's something which is within inside an individual. It's like if you've ever cut your finger, you've broken a bone, you put a bandage on, you put a band-aid on, and eventually the body will heal itself. You don't tell the body to heal. It does it by itself. It's an innate quality. Resilience, what you do, you don't teach it. You actually unleash it. You discover it. Help a person to discover it. It's sitting dormant in an individual it needs to be drawn out and often it's drawn out when a person has an, a, a desire to achieve something or they've experienced a, a situation of injustice or they've been oppressed in some way and they want to break free or even a sense of ego you know i, I was a sort of kid to say don't tell me what i can't do I was, well, i'll tell you what i can do so if even ego plays a role or if you've undergone transition let's say you've you've lost a job and you want to make more money in a different area and you have this need to to make things work that's when resilience starts to surface so it's like that it's taught it's just uncovered so what qualities do you think actually make up resilience let's break it down yeah i think there are four key qualities that resilient individuals tend to demonstrate number one is centeredness that's the ability to manage your own emotions and responses to situations to be calm and focused at the same time not that your emotions determine what you do and what you say there's also an aspect of tenacity, and, and that is to be able to sustain your drive and your commitment, regardless of what's happening around you, what you're feeling, what your mind is saying, and be consistent with your action and ability. There's the quality of adaptivity or adaptability, rather, which is being solution-focused and being efficient by refining what you do and using feedback to find solutions and keep moving forward. And then there's the last aspect of resilience, which is, which is about recovery, which is about maintaining your personal balance of your energy, your well-being, and your purpose. And these are the four qualities which typically emanate or come out at different aspects when a person is put under pressure and they have to bounce back. And have you developed these in yourself over the past 20 years? This has been what I've noticed. There's been different studies that come up. A lot of studies focus on one aspect of resilience. So you'll see studies that come up that talk about the need for support and, and recovery. And, and, and people tend to over-focus on that. Or there's studies that come up that support the importance of optimism or positive attitude or just hard work and grit. And the thing is, these aren't of opposition. These are all qualities. But if you try and define resilience linearly, you make the mistake of trying to put too much into one sentence for lack of a better term, and you miss out on aspects what resilience actually is. It's a multifaceted uh, series of qualities that will shine at different aspects because sometimes under pressure, you just need to have that grit and that tenacity. And it's not about recovery. But other times when you've been working and you say you've had a series of trades that haven't gone well and you need to focus, right there, it's about centeredness. Depends on what you're facing and what aspect of resilience needs to shine the most. And I wanted to just go into that aspect of resilience centeredness because it's something that hasn't actually been discussed much on Talking Trading. And, and we speak about tenacity and adaptability and recovery. But tell us more about how centeredness is directly related to resilience. What does it look like? 
So centeredness is about making good, clear, um, clear-headed decisions. So let's say you're dealing with a series of trades and you've made some decisions, you've done your research, and it just doesn't go your way. And what you'll actually find is there's a sense of this emotional frustration will come up or um, self-doubt or other feelings of despair and despondency. And that will influence what you do later down the track. It will influence whether you follow your trading plan or whether you don't. If you have the ability and the understanding on how to draw out that centeredness to say, listen, I need to stay clear-headed right now. I need to make sure I'm focusing on my plan. I'm not letting my emotions drive my actions. Then that will allow you to stay consistent. So it's understanding what your emotional triggers are and how those emotional triggers will influence what you think, what you say, and what you do. What do people need to do in order to bounce back from a series of trades that haven't been profitable? Well, I think the first and important thing is is not to personalize failure. Failure is not about you. We like to add meaning to what failure is. And that's really hard to not personalize failure. It's 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 a tough thing because we we attach a lot of self esteem to outcome. We're taught that if you work hard and you do well, we will reward you. You go to school, you work hard, you get good grades, and we will see you as a good person or a person who's successful. Success is often measured in terms of deliverables or in terms of outcome. So therefore, we attach a lot of self esteem to being able to do stuff. So when we fail at something, uh, we take it personally and we associate failure with not being good enough and therefore uh, it's hard to move past it for many people. I often say that resilience, you've got to sort yourself out, separate your worthiness from your learning. Separate the fact that success will come from a series of successes and failures of doing things right and wrong. And it's not about who you are as a person or your, um, your value as an individual. You have to separate that. And when you can do that, it allows you to bounce back faster. So why do you think some people don't bounce back? Well, I think they, they expect success most of the time, and it's not their fault. It's just the way in which our society works is that we are focused and driven on getting results. It's not a bad thing, but we've developed culturally an aversion or an avoidance to, to failure. We, there are two kinds of thinking that we tend to approach things with. One is surgical thinking. One is, is scientific thinking. Surgical thinking is precise and it's accurate. If you think of your surgeon, I want my surgeon to be the most detailed oriented perfectionist on the planet. I do not want my surgeon making mistakes because when my surgeon makes mistakes, it results in death or lawsuit or both. So that's not a good outcome. However, as a scientist, a scientist has a different approach. They have uh, a lower, I guess, return on exertion. They understand that they've got to make several, if not hundreds of experiments first before getting something right. So they can make mistakes, but they understand that mistakes is the journey to getting things right. So therefore, they're not expecting success every single time. So they can learn and, and develop things at a faster rate sometimes than someone who's not prepared to make mistakes. Uh, think of it, my, part of my background is from martial arts. I've been doing martial arts for over 30 years. And one of the things that's ingrained in us is always to strive for black belt, but have a white belt mentality. You go in understanding that there is plenty to learn. You don't know it all. In fact, if you think you know it all, then you stop growing and you stop progressing as a martial artist. Beginner's so mind. Of, yes, it's, it's the 
beginner's mindset, always see things as fresh, with fresh eyes, never believe there's nothing you can't learn. I mean, I speak at seminars and, and conferences, and I always go along, and there's always something I can learn from all the speakers that go on before me, because you've got to go think, what else can I learn, this white belt mentality, uh, and expect the fact that you will fail, that you will have things to learn along the way. I was just having this conversation with Louise Bedford yesterday, and we both think that that openness to learning is a key quality of successful people. Yes, yes, absolutely. And you'll see the difference is when you can remove the ego of I know it or if you can remove the fear of I have to know it and just go, actually, I, I don't know it all and I'm prepared to get out there and make mistakes and do things. You'll see that the top athletes are the ones that have, uh, have, have failed successfully. <laughs> and a successful fail is someone who makes a mistake or is open to learning and is prepared to, to do something with that. I call it failing forward or falling on your face, moving in a direction where you're failing in a direction to make progress. What role does optimism and positive thinking have on your success? Okay, well, optimism is really about your mindset of how you approach what's in front of you. Attitude drives action. And optimism is a tool to stay level-headed. It's really about the centeredness again. Now, there's a difference to being optimistic and being a Pollyanna and having unrealistic hopes and ideas for the future. The latter is when you kind of be optimistic, everything is great and wonderful. Yes, that may feel nice, but you don't have your feet on the ground. And you actually set yourself up for failure because you set expectations that aren't realistic. Optimism is actually about having a positive expectation and a positive expectation on your abilities to do things. What optimism does, it creates momentum. It keeps problems in perspective and it keeps you active and learning in what you're doing. Optimism, I don't believe, should be a source of motivation because if you have to talk yourself into something, it just won't work. It kind of it, it feels like you're telling yourself lies or you're, you're beefing yourself up to, to try and do something. Optimism should support a goal in which you're going to and it's a discipline. It's not a motivation or a hype up. It's a discipline of thinking, of always looking at what can be done rather than what can't be done. What tips do you have for traders to be able to toughen up when there's setbacks in the market, like right now because it's range-bound, happen? Yeah. Well, one of the most important things is to be able to flip the downside. One of the things that we learned in martial arts is the the ability to understand where your learning points are. When we would fight in martial arts, it's called sparring, and an opponent would hit you, you would have to acknowledge them with a sound like us. Now, us is, is Not kind us, of like a us. Well, yes, us, which is the same <laughs> sound that you make when someone hits you in the stomach as well. <laughs> Definitely um, not us. Yeah, yeah, well, the term actually means thank you for teaching me. And it's an acknowledgement of where my openings are. Now, whether you are a black belt fighting with a white belt, and if a white belt happens to strike, you would still say, us, an acknowledgement of thank you for, for teaching me. You need to identify where the learning points are. So as things get tough, and you need to toughen up, but you don't toughen up by simply ignoring the problems. You actually need to identify them. If you want to strengthen up a muscle, you go, where's the muscle weak, and how do I work it harder? If you want to strengthen up your fitness, you go, well, where am I not fit, and how do I work more on my fitness? In your trading, you go, where are my trading weaknesses? Where are my blind spots? Where am I not doing so well? What are my techniques I need to work on? And identify those aspects of learning. So you look for the downside, Flip it and turn it as a learning aspect. Rather than beat yourself up for not doing something right, look at how you can use that as a learning opportunity to improve yourself. The awesome moment. How does a trader need to stay self-motivated when the market is ambiguous? 
Well, I think you, you need to do a couple of things. You need to get perspective. And sometimes in any aspect of work, whether it be trading or business or otherwise, you, your head is so focused in on what you're doing is you miss the big picture. And it's, if you kind of compare an analogy there with your, with your trend line, you can focus in and look at the individual candlestick movements and what's happening. But as long as you can zoom back and you can see a, a positive trend line, I guess especially you're moving in the right direction. The same thing needs to be with your motivation. If you're too intense with what you're doing, you're focusing on the individual emotions and what you're feeling right now. And you can get lost in negative emotions. To be able to step back and have perspective and go, look, there's been a couple of tough days and there'll be a few more ahead. But like a trend line, it will swing up towards where we want to go to if you manage that properly. So you need to have perspective and not be able to be so intensely focused in on your emotions and step back for the big picture. You also need to have an ability to be able to, to get better, to take feedback on, uh, focus on the learning that we mentioned before, and, and to make sure that you are refining what you're doing. But the perspective aspect is really what's going to help you to stay focused and motivated when it's tough. Let's talk about self-doubt. How does that affect people and traders and what it does to people's resolve? Okay, self-doubt is a bit of a poison. It's like having the rug pulled from underneath your feet. Uh, it's kind of what self-doubt self-doubt does. It removes your your self-confidence and that sense of of possibility. It's a habit that people get into, and it's the habit of what we do. What people will do is of making a negative assessment of your ability. And usually, self-doubt in your mind sounds something like. Oh, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I'm going to be good enough for this. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get my head around this. And if, when you start to hear that dialogue in your head, you know that self-doubt has taken a grip. The poison has started to penetrate through the body. If you're going to go against the grain, now in trading, business, or any aspect, you've got to put something on the line. You're stepping out from the norm of people or the, re- or the consensus of people who don't do this. So you're going against the grain. You're standing for something. And that takes courage, and it requires you to be able to bounce back. And if you're not prepared to do that, uh, then don't start. Regardless of what you're doing, I reckon that, again, business or trading is as much of a personal development journey as it is a professional development one. So self-doubt is like a poison that will keep you back with the consensus. It says, you can't do this. You're not good enough. Who do you think you are? You'll get so far and then you'll fail. And then I'll show you that you're not supposed to be, you're not like the rest of them. Self-doubt is simply fear. It's the fear of failure. It's the fear of not being good enough. And quite frankly, there is just no room for self-doubt in business. It's like an old habit that keeps calling you back and holding you down. You need to get over it and get on with it. I, I say with self-doubt, some people will encourage you to, to, to chat, talk about it and get through it. I don't. I say don't dwell on it. Don't process it. Don't counsel it. Just get over it. Just get past it. Just, you, need to not, you need not to indulge it. In fact, the advice, some good advice that came from my stepmom many years ago, she said, if you don't want to smell, don't touch the crap. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony Robbins uses incantations. He says incantations repeatedly to himself before he jumps up on stage. Is there a ritual or a process that people should be doing to condition themselves to better handle the pressure of business trading life? Yes, because resilience is about developing habits, bringing out 
it's your natural ability, but developing habits that you don't have to think about consciously, that you just do unconsciously. As much as getting up and brushing your teeth, or if someone threw a tennis ball at you, you'd catch that. You would have to have the same thing with resilience because you are your trading success. Your energy, your drive, your resolve is the currency of your success in your trading. So your resilience is what's going to determine your resilience. How well you can stay focused in what you're doing. So I'd say you need to do three things. Number one, on a regular basis, get clear of the destination where you're going, which is your big picture of what it is your trading is going to give you. If it's going to give you choices in your life, if it's going to give you financial freedom, if it gives you the ability to turn to that partner who divorced you and say, stick it to you, whatever it is that, that your, your trading gives you, you need to be clear on that every single day. Whether that is some sort of visual reminder, a written reminder, something you say out loud to yourself every day, it's starting your day with a ritual that gets your head in the game so you know why you're doing what you're doing. Secondly, you've got to get active each day. Whether it means physically active or active in your actual trading, make sure that you are doing something, not just thinking, talking, reading, but you're actually doing something. Ritualization needs to be ingrained in your body. Your body needs to be able to feel what track you're on, and that comes from consistent action uh, in what you're doing. So you must make sure that every day you are learning, you're reading, you're doing something that is heading you towards your destination, not just talking about it, but heading you towards it. And probably one of the most important aspects, which one is often neglected, is at the end of the day, you need to reflect. And I want you to reflect on two things. I want you to reflect on what your successes were. Now, you might say, well, I didn't really achieve anything. Well, hang on. If you actually sat down and you did something, whether you achieved the outcome you wanted or not is one thing. But if you actually did it, you're probably 50% ahead of the game than other people who haven't actually done that, if not even more. So remember, reflect on what went right. What did you do that you had wanted to do? And also reflect on what were the learnings from today? What did I get from today? And it may have been, well, that, that particular series of trades didn't work. Okay, but what were the learnings you got from that? All right, I understand now that my best trading is at this time. I've got to make sure I'm available at this time. I've got to remove these distractions. Great. So at the end of each day, what did you succeed at and what were the learnings? And if you ritualize those three things, get a clear destination, get active doing something each day and reflect on the successes and learnings, you are ingraining a habit of resilience and those four qualities centeredness tenacity adaptability and recovery come out when you allow them to when you get out of your own way michael is there anything you would like to offer our listeners as a downloadable resource well, one of the things that I've put together is a ebook on how you build your personal resilience to pressure. It's titled The Seven Ways to Prevent Yourself Getting Overworked, Run Down, and Stressed Out. It's a complimentary download. Simply go to bouncebackfastbook.com. It's bouncebackfastbook.com. All one word. And the ebook is directly downloadable from this site, uh, and there's there's no cost involved. Michael Leeson Black, thank you for a brilliant interview. Come back again. Oh, pleasure, and uh, great to be here with you. And that's all we have for you today, guys. And continuing on from our theme of resilience, stay tuned next week for Cross of Valor recipient and national hero, ex policeman Alan Sparks on overcoming hardship and the power of pursuing your deepest dreams. I'm Caroline Stephen, and on behalf of the team, thanks for your company. We'll see you next time.
You've been listening to TalkingTrading.com.au with Caroline Stephen. Make sure you are subscribed to this website to receive the very latest market views, commentary and expert opinion. Tune in next week as we've got a bumper show planned. Bye for now. The views represented on Talking Trading are general in nature and do not take into account your objectives, financial situation or needs. Before acting on any of the information, consider its appropriateness in regard to your own situation.